Dylan Cruz gets a grand slam. I discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. So when you're using your podcatcher of choice, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you will know when the new podcasts are available. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. In today's episode, we have Ben Carlton of the Fred Nats. He does the voice of the Fred Nats on the radio. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Dan. It's been a, a very fun season with Fredericksburg this year. So taking a look at it, when I was watching the draft, I, I, everyone was talking about, are the Nationals going to get Skeens? Are they going to get Dylan Cruz? It didn't seem like you could really lose regardless of who it was. And as it turns out, the Nationals got Dylan Cruz, and in his first game, he was 0 for 5. But like our friends at Talk Nats would like to point out, he got, you know, he was able to hit the ball and put it into play. And that's part of the battle. Uh, the following game, he got a home run. And then tonight, Grand Slam. As a guy that covers this team, what, does, what have you noticed in Dylan Cruz, and what player are the Nationals getting? Well, Dylan Cruz has. He, he's so smooth. That's kind of the thing that has stuck out stuck out to me the most. And his, you know, really, I only got to see him for two games. I'm here in Fredericksburg right now. The team's on the road in Virginia. Eric Bach covers the team while they're on the road. But Cruz has just, he's hit the ground and has looked very, very comfortable. You know, there was, it was definitely a little bit funny, if that's the right word. His very first at bat, we've got 5,700 people in the ballpark and he trips running down to first base. So that was a little bit of an inauspicious start, but obviously that's not going to frustrate Dylan. I mean, he's such an accomplished player. Three years at LSU won every award that an SEC athlete could possibly win. I mean, Eric pointed this out on the broadcast on Sunday. He won SEC Male Athlete of the Year, not just baseball. And, you know, you're talking about Alabama football, Georgia football, LSU football. Dylan Cruz is the reigning SEC Male Athlete of the Year. And then tonight, like you mentioned, with the team out in Lynchburg, four for five, a grand slam, three singles. He technically got caught stealing second base, but it was not the right call down there with the Hillcats. But after just a one for 10 debut here in Fredericksburg, Cruz is, uh, I'd say he's acclimated. Yeah. And just taking a look at the standing for the Fred Nats too, they're at 500. So it seems like things are trending in the right direction. That is good for second place. Uh, so I have not tuned into a lot of the games. I got to be honest with you. I watched the game. It was on MLB.tv, uh, uh-huh. the game, the first game with Dylan Cruz. And there's an excitement about minor league baseball that sometimes I think is even more pronounced in minor league baseball. What you're seeing is players that are hungry and give 100% each and every night. And that was what was most impressive for me, uh, listening to the funny talk out there about how crazy the traffic was and everything uh, at that game. It just is so crazy to talk about. But uh, taking a look, like I said, uh, it was down to Paul Skeens and it was down to Dylan Cruz. Um, And then just taking a look, the Nationals got... Dylan Cruz and what a kind of player he is. Like you talked about his great career that he had at LSU. He won the golden spikes award as the nation's best player for stellar junior season. Cruz tied for third in the nation batting average 426 ranked second and on base percentage 567 tied for 39th and slugging percentage 
So, wow, what a player uh, they have. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at the Nationals right now, not the year that they were looking for last year, not, and I don't know about next year, but if you can kind of look at the horizon, I think this team is going to be stacked. As a guy that has observed him play, what do you believe is Dylan Cruz's trajectory? Do you think that he will spend more time with the Fred Nats, or do you think he's going to make steps up the ladder here? Well, I would be a little bit surprised if he spent the whole year here in Fredericksburg. Uh, John Watson had a conversation with Eric Bach that we have up on the virtual press box with the Fred Nats on FredNats.com for anyone who wants to take a listen to that. And he didn't give any specifics and he didn't name any specific names, but this draft class has completely flipped the season for Fredericksburg. Cruz is not the only guy producing. Andrew Pickney's had a monster start. Yo-Yo Morales has been incredible at third base. Some of these guys are going to move on from Fredericksburg before the end of the season. We're looking at just about a month exactly left here in single A. But, I mean, Cruz is your prototypical five-tool player. There really is not a true weakness in his game. He's got a 70-grade hit tool per MLB pipeline, 60-grade power, I believe a 60-grade run tool as well. He's a all a tremendous center fielder. I didn't see him tested any on anything too difficult when he was in center here at in Fredericksburg, but there is just not a hole in his game. And I think he's going to be a really fast riser through this Washington system, you know, with the obvious caveat that he stays healthy. Yeah, and that's always the big thing, you know. Uh, at his first at bat, there he tripped, and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is not a hamstring. That's not that. This is not the way to start Dylan Cruz's career." But as it turns out, he was okay. Uh, so taking a look at who else they uh, selected was Morales. Um, kind of, you know, he got a double tonight, as I saw on the score sheet there. What kind of player are the Nats getting in Morales? Well, the, I think the easy comparison is a guy who's a little bit further up the system, also at third base in the Washington organization, in Brady House. House obviously was a, a shortstop last season in 2022, moved to third base this year and had no problems defensively. But he's a big power-hitting corner infielder. I mean, Morales is very well put together. He's listed at six foot four, 225, and, I mean, he looks every bit that big. Great power stroke to the opposite field. He had three doubles on the weekend, or on the whole series against Salem last week all three to the opposite field. I mean, all told for Morales, seven for 22, six runs driven in, only four strikeouts as well. So for a, a younger guy with a big strike zone to control it that well was really encouraging for me. News. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using promo code MINUTECAST for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all the stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the beard hedger this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces first off this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right a face grooming doesn't need to be hard get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard plus it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code minutecast at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T, Manscaped, Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And now a special promo for Talk Nats listeners. 
Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is now open, located just two blocks from Nats Park in a premier waterfront building on 230 Water Street Southeast on the first floor. Come train like a champion. And how's about a special promo for the local Talk Nats listeners to get their first class free using code MayweatherNats23. That's promo code MayweatherNats23. Or just call the studio or stop by and tell them you want the Nats discount. Yeah, Brady House is one of the names that more and more people are talking about. We're talking about the third base position for the Nationals in the future. Uh, we know that uh, there has been some change there. It's kind of been, you know, the Carter Keyboom experiment, which didn't go necessarily according to plan. Candelario, a pleasant surprise for the Nationals, but, you know, he stood for his purpose to be flipped, and we got a return on him as well. So Brady House could be the player of the future. Uh, from what you've seen of Brady House, what kind of player do the Nationals have in him? And what would you say, in your estimation, the timeline, he'll be ready for the big team? I mean, given that this was really Brady's first full season after he was injured last year, was trying to play through a back problem that obviously slowed him down and made his numbers in 2022 look a little bit worse. But he came out this year in 23 did not miss a beat hit near 300 over 30 some odd games with Fredericksburg before moving to Wilmington. And for anyone that doesn't know, the blue rocks play in one of the most pitcher friendly ballparks in all of high a and Brady did so well there that he got promoted to double a after not even a month, I believe. So he is again, another fast riser. And look, if you've got Morales and house at third base, that is a very good problem to have figuring out where you want to slot those two into your lineup in a couple years. Yeah, a good problems to have. You know, the interesting thing, and I was talking about this with Locked On MLB prospects, is if you take a look at the Nationals before the Max Scherzer deal, if you take a look at it before the Juan Soto, you know, with the, all the players that moved, the prospect pool for the Nationals was good, but it wasn't great. But mm -hmm. after this trade, uh, he ranked it near the top, the prospects for the Nationals. So I think that the future is bright, not only for the Nationals, but for the for the farm team as well. So I think that the arrow is pointing up. So just taking a look at some of the players uh, that the Nationals got in return, let's just take a look at Soto. We were talking in, in the pre-interview, and I know I butchered his name was Susana. Am I saying that correct there? Uh, yes, right Harley Susana. Yeah, a, a great pitcher. In the, the first game that I saw, hasn't really had uh, the year that, uh, you know, I know that this is a ball and, you know, it takes a while to work into it. But um, he wasn't having necessarily the season that he was looking for. What are your thoughts on on his play so far this year? Well, for Susana, our pitching coach here in Fredericksburg, Justin Lord, used the analogy that he's like, he's like a mutual fund. You want to just keep making those investments and seeing it grow and grow and grow over the course of a few years, realistically. You, know, you talk about guys like Brady House or Dylan Cruz who could be moving quickly through the system. Susana doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be flying to Washington within two years. <laughs> I mean, he's just 19 years old, and you know, it, it's a cliche for guys with, let's say, an electric fastball that they need to learn how to pitch, so to speak. And July has not been so kind to Harlan Susana. We're you know, a week into August, believe it or not. I personally can't believe it. But you, you look at May and June for Harleen. He worked to a 3.86 across four starts in May. And then in June, four starts, a 1.08 ERA, 16 and two-thirds innings. He gave up two total earned runs and only walked six across four starts. Now, he has taken a step back in July, whether that's fatigue, whether that's opponents having a better idea of what they can and cannot attack against Susana. You know, that is, you know, kind of in the eye of the beholder. But 
all told, I'd say it's been a, a very successful first year in the Washington system for Harleen. Yeah, just a real great success. And like I tell you, just taking a look at the different players uh, that they got in return, uh, some of them are already paying dividends for the Nationals. C.J. Abrams, uh, then we take a look at what we got for Max Scherzer, Kbert Ruiz, everyday starting catcher, Josiah Gray, uh, one of the key starters uh, in the Nationals organization. So, so you know, I, that's like I say, I think that the future is bright uh, for this team. Uh, but just let's talk about the Fred Nats in particular. Like I talked about a little bit earlier, second place. What are your hopes for this team this year? Do you see, where where, where is the ceiling for this team this year? I mean, the ceiling is a playoff team, without a doubt in my mind. I mean, that is, again, with a caveat that a lot of these draft guys stick around. Personally, would love to see them stick around a little bit more because they've been playing a really fun, exciting brand of baseball. Uh, Eric Mock and I have used the, the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats a lot on the broadcast during this past week against Salem. We took five of six off a Red Sox team that was, these two clubs were pretty much, they weren't identical record-wise going into this, the six-game set, but very similar in terms of skill set and overall uh, trajectory on the season. Going into the week, the Fred Nats were, I believe, seven games out of a playoff spot. You got to win the second half here in the Carolina League to make it to the playoffs. And the Fred Nats have put themselves right back in that picture. Still looking up at the Carolina Mudcats. But the way that this team has played, they are, without a doubt in my mind, playoff caliber. Just got to rack up enough wins to actually get there. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you this because I watched a couple broadcasts uh, for uh, for the Fred Nats there. You got me interested in it. See, you guys already got me in the door. I want more. Um, so I've been watching a couple games there, streaming it because I don't live in the area there. And I've heard you guys kind of frustrated about uh, the umpiring, shall we say, the, the, uh -huh. the plays, the balls and strikes and that kind of thing. Sound off for me here. This is an open door and an open mic. What are some of your problems with what you're seeing out on the diamond there? I mean, this is a common refrain, but just kind of a lack of accountability for some of the umpires. You know, Eric Bach and I get the Hawkeye data right on our computers. So we're looking at the, you know, as close to the actual strike zone as you're going to see. And, you know, the zone is inconsistent. And look, I understand that the umpires we've got in the Carolina League are in a similar boat as the players. They're looking to move their way up the ladder. Uh, so the strike zone is a little bit inconsistent. There's no review process, which hurts them, because even if there is a, a pretty clear missed call, at least to my eyes, there's really no process for them to go back and correct it. Uh, but the other side of it, and this is really out of the individual umpire's control, is they're working a two-man crew, and sometimes they're just not physically able to be in the right spot to make a call. You know, If they're on the wrong side of a play at second or third, and they're 20 feet across the infield, they're guessing, and they have to make a call. That's the unfortunate reality. They can't just sit there and say, oh, I don't know. So they're they're put in a tough spot, but the there's just some inconsistency. And then the the Bach fiasco is a whole other it's a whole other thing. There for whatever the reason is, there have been, I think, almost triple the amount of Bach calls, box called in the Carolina League this year than there were in Major League Baseball last year. And sure, these are younger guys. Some of them are not going to be quite as precise with their their movements and their actions on the mound, but it just is it doesn't make any sense. And it's such a, a weird thing to clearly has been emphasized to these umpires, but there's, there've been a whole lot of Bach calls in the Carolina league this year. It's a little bit strange. Yeah, that does seem a bit odd to me as well. And there's been a lot of questions as far as um, umpiring is concerned and that kind of thing. There's rating the umpire. There's a Twitter page. I don't know if you saw on it kind of, you know, crazy to look at. Uh, another question, this is very uh, of the time, and I'm going to ask you about it. Uh, of course, you are a member of the media. 
Talk to me about your thoughts about the commentator for the Orioles and what happened there. When I saw that, I, I could not believe it. Uh, so he talked about how Tampa Bay, how the Orioles were playing Tampa Bay and, you know, the last few years haven't been that great. And he yeah. got suspended. What are your thoughts on it? It boggles my mind. I mean, it's just, it's kind of Bush League, to be honest with you. The Kevin Brown is the Orioles broadcaster. He does a tremendous job. They ran a, a pregame package that, and I think the important thing for people to have context on the situation is there are so many people who work behind the scenes from Masson to put that package together to use on the air. I mean, that goes through so many people who see it, who approve it. And look, he was speaking in strictly factual terms. I don't remember what the actual record for Baltimore was at the trop over the last three years. It wasn't good. Obviously that was the point of his pregame segment, but nothing that he said was even remotely opinion-based or editorializing it was factual it's a very valid storyline going into a big series in the al east which has been pretty competitive this year every team there is over 500 baltimore with all their young talents been atop the division tampa's been atop the al east for i believe the vast majority of the season i'm not sure off the top of my head if they're currently in first place but kevin brown really i I cannot offer even like a far-fetched semi-logical explanation as to why he got himself suspended i mean that or not let me rephrase. He did not get himself suspended. He was suspended. And it's just, there's nothing there. It's a, it's a really bad look, honestly. And it's crazy. You know, I think the graphic said something like tropical depression or something in the yes. background and kind of what you were talking about there. There's a lot of people that have to sign off on that producers and the graphics guys and everyone signed off it. And yet he was the fall guy, a bit unfortunate. Listen, Ben, I want to thank you. A real honor to have you on the show here. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where we can find you online? Well, I'm the part of the two-man crew on the Fred Nats Baseball Network this year, myself and Eric Bach. Eric is the voice of the Fred Nats. I'm his broadcast assistant. Thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ben underscore Carlton1. I've been trying to get at Ben Carlton for like five (laughs) years now. Still no dice. Uh, Please, if you haven't watched or listened to a Fred Nats game this year, we'd love for you guys to check it out. FredNats.com slash broadcast has all your links. We're on MILB TV. Uh, the radio streams on the website. You can also find us on the Bally Live app. That's a totally free way to watch minor league baseball. You can interact with myself and Eric straight through the app. It's right now mobile only, but there's moves coming in the future. And Dan, if you ever find yourself in Fredericksburg, I've got a ticket for you. That'd be awesome. And Ben, thank you once again for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast.